Pushes Board Game Day. Welcome to another barnstorming episode of Bush's Board Game Thing, powered by Zatu Games, the weekly podcast uh, kind of about board games, but also exploring the conversational side streets that the themes of these games open up. Uh, we say hello to Brian, we say hello to Jess, we've got producer Ross over there. I'm Andy Bush. How is everybody? Everyone all right this evening? Yeah, great this evening. Uh, so obviously it's a podcast, we don't record it live. We record it, you know, either you know, two or three days beforehand. So this is this is Monday night. This is Monday night, welcome. So it wasn't originally planned for Monday Monday night, was it? Oh, I knew this. <laughs> it wasn't originally was planned for Monday night, was it, Andy? But, no, let me finish. I've got the I've got the conch. I've got the conch. I'm speaking, all right? You don't try and interrupt me. Uh, it was planned for yesterday afternoon, uh, yeah. which was a sun, which was a Sunday, and we'd all we'd all talked about it. We we put it on the WhatsApp. We got producer Ross, uh, who actually had to cancel something to, to make it. He but did. you know, yeah. Did, but yeah. anyway, anyway, we're all ready to go. Twenty minutes beforehand, who did we get a text from, Mandy? Uh, we got a message in our little group chat from Jess saying some work had just come in, and she to was work. unable to record the Sunday? podcast with Sunday night. Sunday, work Sunday afternoon. Sunday afternoon. Ooh, it's a bit strange. Isn't really, it? really interesting. So obviously we had to cancel last minute and reschedule for this evening, which means. And obviously. again, this is not not yeah. in a ba- any way. Don't mean this badly to you, Jess, but I'm now missing the Everton game that's going on in the background because of this going on right now. So uh, she, she's well, done, I think the podcast your, means more okay, than football. Done favor. So work didn't act, work didn't actually just come in. Um, I forgot to do it. Well. <laughs> Uh, well, okay. You gonna, are you are you sticking to that story? Is, is that, that what that's you the one you're going to go for? Because we've on? got. No, that's what I would like. I, I genuinely. Forgot. I would like to present a case to the uh, Bush's board game thing listeners, uh, and I'd like to. I'd like to just. Hold on enter, a minute. Exhibit, no, I want to exhibit a. Silence in court, please. A. Silence in court. Allow the pro- <laughs> prosecution to make the case. I'd like to bring uh, to the fore evidence, uh, the first the first bit of evidence. Uh, let's call it Exhibit A. I know exactly And it's uh, Instagram uh, Live that you did <laughs> approximately, I would say, 11pm to midnight on Saturday the uh, 4th, was it the Saturday? The, I'm sure, get my... Yeah, just, just before we were due to record on the Saturday. Saturday the 6th. Saturday the 6th. Saturday the 6th. 6th, 6th. Of you mm-hmm. dancing, clearly inebriated, with a cat. You were dancing to dance music with a cat on your shoulders. It, it was it was drunk angle filming, so someone was swinging around all over the place whilst you were dan- you were dancing. You had a cat under your arm when you were dancing. I had the cat over my shoulder, and we were we were dancing to the one that goes. Insomnia, the irony, the irony there, Jess. Board game thing, listeners, people listening to right now, you are the 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 jury on this, so we need you to get in touch and give us your ruling on on whether Jess is guilty or not, as we present our evidence. And you can get in touch with us, board game thing at zatu.co.uk. Next up, we have a witness to call. Is that correct, Brian? It is, yeah. And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, you've got you've got. There's only one simple question you have to answer, and that question is. Was Jess hungover on the Sunday? Um, obviously, uh, an Instagram story is not going to cut it. We need more evidence than need that. Need more so evidence. I, I, I drove to London on Sunday evening. I drove to London and I did what the what the, what the Met Office like to call just good old fashioned police work. Good old fashioned. I went door to door and I canvassed all the off licenses in the area that Jess lives. Uh, and I, I've got I've got some testimony here. Here we go. Hi, my name is, and I work at the. Off license, and um, yeah, yeah, I, I can confirm that the person you have identified to me as Jess Tenby uh, came into my shop on the evening of Saturday, the sixth of March, 
At first I couldn't see her because of the massive cloud of vape smoke, but when she emerged, I remember her because she had big glasses and I could tell she was what appeared to be inebriated. Yes, she purchased the following bottle of Bacardi Breezer, four cans of Tenants, bottle of Sherry, two litre bottle of sparkling wine, two cans of White Lightning, bottle of Drambuie, uh, and a tub of coleslaw which she immediately started eating with her hands. And I, I, I tried to lighten the tone a bit and I made a joke along the lines of I, I hope you haven't got to work tomorrow or at the very least have any commitments which you would probably have to bail on at the last minute if you drank all that and the look she gave me. I'll be honest, I was scared. She just threw the money at me and left, leaving a trail of coleslaw behind her. There you go. Right, what about that? that? that I went as testimony. What you've got to say to that, Jess? I cannot believe that... Go- I've been going to that corner shop since I moved here and I thought me and him got along. He's a snitch. An absolute snitch. The final witness that we've got is, in fact, uh, someone very close and very dear to you, Jess, who provides what I would describe as the coup de grace in this case. Hi, I'm Adem. I'm Jess's flatmate. And I would like to go on record by saying that Jessica indeed was hungover and couldn't do the podcast record when she cancelled the other day. I know that she was hungover, A, because I live with her, and B, because I had to take out three bottles of wine and two bottles of tonic water into the recycling. Absolute snitch. How do you please? He's a complete snitch. This is not fair. I thought I could trust the people closest to me. I obviously can't. You even said on when we arranged it, you said, oh, I'm having a drink on Saturday night, so can we make the record a little bit later <laughs> yeah, on the Sunday? Have... <laughs> yeah, but I have a drink before every record. Well, there you go. What a fantastic thing to know. Thanks thanks for that, Jess. Let us know what you think about Jess's case. You'll read about it in all the papers <laughs> this week. Uh, get in touch with us at Board Game Thing on Instagram, or you can go uh, drop us an email, podcast at zatu.co.uk. Big thank you to everyone who's gone and discovered new games through listening to the podcast. I think it's uh, if there's one thing that we hope to achieve by uh, this show being on every week is proving to people that there's life outside of sitting on your phones in the evening. A big thank you to Ian Deakin. And if you saw that on uh, on Instagram, guys, he's gone and bought Mr. Fister's Novelty Sister or whatever it was that Jess played with us no. the other week. Bush, no, I did see his tweet. Bush's board game thing. Uh, This week, the podcast is all about refusing to let the lockdown stop you gaming. It's a celebration of the ways that people have used technology, innovation, improvisation uh, to keep on gaming, even though it's been like, what, like a year? We've all been trapped in our houses. So stand by for some uh, great ways to keep playing during isolation, but also some very cool ways people have adapted stuff to play their favourite board games, which is an amazing thing. One thing we do need to deal with before we kind of press on a little bit, we did promise people this in the week, but obviously there was no Instagram Live uh, Q&A on Tuesday because Brian wasn't ready yet to uh, show people his new hairstyle. We can see it in his full glory right here now. Uh, Brian's hair, Jess, describe. Um, he's given it a, a, a one all over. Is that what blokes say when it's they shave their hair? Over, I'm not yeah. sure. Brian, I, I would just like to say something about this is it some I, I rarely say nice things about you but I'm gonna say something quite kind of nice now you you have good hair 
Like, it's not, you know, you've got a good hairline, you've got good thick hair. Um, can I just ask, um, why? Why have you done this? Okay, so I'll, let me take you back to the beginning. Uh, well, we've got like half an hour to go through this whole thing. My wife says... You've got 40 fine. seconds. My wife says I talk about my hair far too much and all through lockdown, I've been talking about how I've been growing a mullet at the back. It's unruly. I can't do anything with it. And I kept begging her to cut my hair and she wouldn't cut my hair. So I was like, oh, what can I do then? So I bought like a cheap uh, combination face shaver but head shaver as well because you've got the little attachments for it off the internet yeah. and i wish i'd paid a little bit more i wish i paid a little bit more to get that bit of quality because oh, it's one of those ones where it's not designed it's not designed for the hair or the face it's a bit of both it's like one of those little tvs that, that is a dvd player and a tv it's the worst of both worlds yeah jess who would you say has had it worse during the whole hair thing that's been going on during the lockdown boys or girls because i'm going to put forward the boys have had it worse yeah, I think the boys do have it worse in terms of cuts. But one thing that the where the girls do have it worse is where if we get our hair dyed in a salon, for oh, instance, yeah. something called balayage, which some of our listeners will balayage. know what that is. Or if, or if you have like um, dark hair like me and you're maybe a blonde, those roots, you, you can't just go to the supermarket and get dye. However, in terms of cuts and kind of keeping your hair neat, I think definitely... The boys. And if women have short hair as well, if women have short hair, then yeah, it's just it's just as bad. But I don't know how you guys have coped. Quick question for you guys, just going back to this whole thing of, um, uh, you know, stopping the lockdown from ruining your life and still trying to game. Have either of you guys played Among Us, the kind of video game? I tried. No, but I've heard of it. So I downloaded it off... Um... Because weirdly enough, my, my son, uh, his, his friends at school play it. I think there's a lot, a lot of kids play it. And I downloaded it off uh, the app store and I attempted to play it. And then I immediately just died and I didn't know what happened. And I'm one of those people that like, if I don't understand what's going on, I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm done. I'm out of here. But have you been playing it? Is it good? I've, we played it at a Zoom dinner party thing with friends at the weekend. Most middle class thing you've ever heard of in your life. But again, we're talking about, you know, ways of improvising to still be able to play stuff. So it's not a board game essentially, but it is a version of Werewolf. We talked about Werewolf before on this uh, uh, on this podcast. It's a social deduction game where one of you goes back to Wink Murder, where someone's kind of out there secretly killing the people in the group and you've got to guess who it is and vote uh, and you play it we played it on our phones and then we had the the zoom video chat open as well and then someone dies if you spot the body then you have to hit the button in this spaceship because you're all working on this spaceship doing menial tasks and one by one you're getting bumped off so it's like a, a fun cuddly version of um of the movie alien to be honest with you but i, I would genuinely recommend that as a way of you know, trying to circumnavigate this whole lockdown which we find ourselves in. If you look on Satu's website right now, Tom Harrod has done a fantastic blog of top 10 games to play despite social distancing, uh, which is worth having a little look at right now. Uh, now, these are kind of party games, which is not normally my forte. You guys may have heard of these. The two main recommendations from Tom are Just One. Have you heard of that game? Oh, I love that. Cooperative party game, players take turns being the guesser. Apparently a card sits away from them, which everyone else can see. And on the said card are five different words. The guesser picks a number at random. For example, they pick number four, uh, which unbeknownst to them is the word pipe. Then each clue giver has to write down a one-word clue in secret that hints at the word pipe, which is a fantastic thing. Uh, Wavelength is the other game that gets a big up from Tom. It's a visual party game. I don't know anything about this game apart from it has some kind of wheel with a handle on it that looks like something you might change speeds with a ship on it. I think it's one of those things where you've got to try and guess what the numbers are from looking at the other side of the wheel. That's the worst explanation of a board game I think anyone's ever done, but check out Wavelength. Yeah, also, if it involves maths, I'm, I'm numerically very bad, so I'll probably lose that game. 
Mm. Do you know you know I've heard mathsy games like do you ever do Sudoku? Uh, Something like that? No, no, I hate it. I hate adding up. This is what we've got calculators for. This is what we've got calculators for. <laughs> mm. I'm too thick to do them. I think I'm a little bit too thick to do Sudoku. Give it a try. Uh, all of these games that I just mentioned there are available to buy on Zatu's website right now. Another amazing bit of innovation has been done by another um, board game thing listener, Dave Scullion. A big respect to him. I don't know if you've seen this on Twitter and Instagram during the course of the week. Uh, he's been running a game of the brilliant Betrayal at the House on the Haunted Hill uh, game for, for oh. him and his friends. But he's been the person facilitating the game, and he's got this amazing setup where he's got a camera pointing downwards onto his coffee table at home, and then his mates have been dialing in on Zoom. He's been using oh. technology to facilitate the game a little bit like that. Can, which is can I ask cool. a question? Can I ask a question, though? Yeah, go on. If it's, if it's called the house on the haunted hill, why are you going there? If I said to you on a Saturday night, Jess, Andy, I said, what are you doing this weekend? Do you fancy coming with me to the mm-hmm. house on the haunted hill? And you would go, well, why is it called the house on the haunted hill? And I'd say, it's because it's a haunted house on a hill. And you'd go, no, I'm not going to go to that because it sounds awful. Well, do you that's know what, what I'm, just got, I'm just saying. I've got mm-hmm. the name of it wrong, right? It's actually called Betrayal at the House on the Hill. There's no mention of haunted, but you look at the front cover, it looks flipping haunted. It looks like the Amateurville horror. It's kind yeah. of fair enough, eerie. fair enough. Mm. So if if you were, would, would you go to the house on the hill, Brian, or would you still have a problem with that? Uh, just by nature? I'd, yeah, I'd, if if it was in the floodplain, I'd say, yeah, let's go to the house on the hill because you're you're above any sort of potential flooding. But then again, and if I, if I did say to my friend, why are we going to the house on the hill? It looks a little yeah. bit haunted. He'd say, probably going to get up to a bit of betrayal. And I'd say, I'm not up for betrayal. <laughs> so why, why are you asking me? Oh, you don't want to do, do a bit of betrayal? Yeah, I love a bit. Actually, yeah, that is actually, does that. Now you mention it, it does sound fun. Um, so yeah, Dave, well done, mate. And uh, if if you do anything at the moment where you run, I love people who've got the energy to run games for friends. You know, the, the, what he has to go mm. through there to set up Zoom and have his phone looking downwards on a tripod so his friends can play a board game should be celebrated. So tell us about it on our Instagram. Send us a photo at board game thing. Right, I think it's time for one of the weakest moments of this podcast, but we contractually are obliged to do it for the entire run of the second series. It's Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. Brian's Board Game Fact of the Week. So but before we hear Brian's Board Game Fact, just to let you know, before the end of this episode, we're going to be taking an amazing live-action role-playing adventure with the awesome Ollie McNeil from the Story Masters Tales based in Rye, which is like a live-action role-playing theatre that are now doing their experiences on Zoom video chat. Uh, we had an adventure a couple of days ago. We'll be talking about that in the dark dungeon before the end of this show. So this week then, I've got some great dungeon facts. Well, actually, it's just an excuse me to talk about really gruesome stuff that happens in, in dungeons. So I've got my top three dungeon facts for you, okay? What kind of, du- what kind of dungeons are we talking here? Are these like, um, like naughty dungeons or, or just old-fashioned kind of medieval dungeons? Old-fashioned medieval dungeons, yeah, yeah. Your, right. your, your basic, your, class, your classic uh, medieval dungeons. So I've got my top three favourite dungeons for you, if that's all right. Number top one. three dungeons? <laughs> Yeah, straight in, straight in at uh, number three, a classic of the genre, uh, the Bastille, the mm-hmm. Bastille in France, oh, yeah, in, in Paris, in which France. is no longer with us anymore. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. And uh, the reason why this is my number three dungeon is because uh, they pioneered something called an oubliette. Do you know what an oubliette is? No. Some kind of torture device? It is, yeah. It's a type of dungeon that they the French invented, and it's, it's basically... Mm-hmm. Uh, if you imagine, a, it's like an upside-down bottle. That's why a French oubliette bottle. Uh, it's an upside-down bottle, mm-hmm. and you would be dropped into it from the top, right? 
And that was it. You were just in right. a small enclosed space until you died. That was it. You were just you were there the whole time. This is a bit of a tangent, but fascinated by the whole torture equipment thing from you know back in the Inquisition days and all that kind of stuff. Because they obviously they created some unbelievably weird stuff to to get people with. But there must have been stuff that they drew out and people were like, nah, let's not bother with that one. You know what I mean? Like weird. Well, you can imagine it. Fill a bath up three quarters of the way and just make their legs really cold. And they'll be like, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to get any information out of them, is it? Also, thinking about it, did they have to test them on people? Because some stuff might not hurt. I imagine a lot of people were like, actually, I quite like that. It'll go a bit harder. Um, Yeah, so basically, um, yeah, they invented the Oubliette, which is the world's worst dungeon. And, uh, you know, top marks to the people that that, uh, came up with with the Bastille. Not there anymore. Did they um, when they stormed it? When they stormed, I've stayed on the hotel just by the where the Bastille is. The district's called Bastille in in Paris. Did it when they stormed it? They kicked the Oubliette over and let all the water out like that. Go on. Uh, no, no. Uh, actually, when they interesting fact, I don't want to go off too much of a tangent. When they got to the Bastille, actually, it wasn't as bad as everyone thought it was. And in fact, they treated the prisoners all right. And there was only seven prisoners in there at the time. It was practically empty. Oh, they must have been absolutely gutted. Mm. And the king was thinking about demolishing it anyway. So look, it was a win-win situation for everybody. Uh, my my second favourite dungeon, second favourite dungeon, uh, and this is it's a dungeon that's not afraid to go its own way. It does things, it does things in a quirky and original way. It's uh, Pontefract Castle in Yorkshire, and uh-huh. they mm-hmm. they held that uh, King Richard II of England there, not Richard III, the more famous one. Famously, Richard the, Richard II was interred in the dungeons at Pontefract Castle, and he was the king. Uh, his his successor, Henry, uh, he wanted. You can't have a living king in the, in the prison, right? Can't have a living king in the prison. So he wanted to get rid of him, but you can't just like strangle him because there'd be marks. You can't beat him up. You can't hang it. You know. Because so what they did was this oh, is I. the most gruesome thing, and no one no one knows if this is true or not. But this was the rumor that they stuck a hot poker up his bum. Because then all the injuries would be internal and you couldn't see it. And obviously there's an opening there to go in. There you Gee, go. Do you know what? I said earlier on, uh, everyone's up for a bit of betrayal, but I've I gone cold on the idea now. I just don't like no, the idea of it. I don't know. Can you imagine what your walk would be like if you had a hot poker put up your bum? What would that walk be like? Ooh. I don't think you'd be walking. Yeah. I don't think oh, you'd be walking. Probably, yeah, I think you'd be dragging crawling. yourself along the floor. Anyway, this has taken a turn and it's my fault. Anyway, I'll, I'll move on because we've gone off on many tangents. My, my number one favourite castle of all time for dungeons is Chillingham Castle in Northumberland. Uh, anyone ever seen um, Braveheart? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. You remember that. your man who was the uh, the villainous king of England, Edward Longshanks? Oh, he used yeah. to use that as his base because it was in yeah. Northumberland and he would get all the Scottish prisoners and, and bring them down there and do unspeakable stuff to them. One of which was apparently uh, you would put them in a, in a sort of box and you'd put the, the, a rat in the box with them. And the only way out of the box for the rat was to eat its way through the person. That was supposedly what he did. I'd like to, I'd like to hear uh, UB40, UB40 make a song about that one and try and make it sound fun and knock about <laughs> and for the summer. Later on, uh, it's very famous, Chilling Castle, for The Blue Boy. The Blue Boy. Right. Um, <laughs> Is that why you are currently called The Blue Boy the, on this video chat? Yeah. <laughs> Some Victorian workmen, when they were doing renovations on the castle, found this body of like a... They reckon he was about 16, 17 years old. And he was... They worked out afterwards that he was a messenger. And he was a messenger trying to help Lord Grey, who owned the castle, uh, overthrow, overthrow Queen Elizabeth. And Lord, uh, and in the end, what they did was they, they, as a particular punishment for him, for betrayal, they, they bricked him up behind a wall. And... 
that's how he died. They just didn't kill him. They bricked him up behind a wall. And the reason why they, they know this is what happened and, and that's how he died of starvation was because when they uncovered the, the room, he, his, finger, his fingers were down to his, his bones and he'd oh. scratched at the walls trying to escape. There we go. A nice, bright and breezy oh, fact of the week about my top three dungeons. So, Bush, I've got something to ask Go you, on. actually. Um, a little birdie told me um, that me and you actually uh, are obsessing and binging a certain television show at the moment. Mm. And I honestly did not think it would be your thing. And I can't believe that you're watching yes. it. Married at First Sight Australia. I'm addicted to it. I'm absolutely addicted oh, to it. I've got my wow. mum and dad into it. My mum and dad at first were like, oh, my dad was like, I'm not, I'm not flipping watching that. He's Terry Wogan. Yeah. And... Um, and he, he is now, they did like four or five episodes last night. They're staying up until one or two o'clock in the morning. You've got to get involved in it. It's the best thing ever. Now, here's a question. Have you ever heard of LARP, live action role playing? Uh, it takes role playing, like the Dungeons and Dragons thing that we did uh, a few episodes back here on Board Game Thing, takes it to the next level. We get dressed up and go and do it. Uh, and I remember there was a live action role playing group where I used to live in uh, Swansea when I was at university. Because in the daytime on a Saturday afternoon, if you were going to get uh, like a sandwich from the sandwich shop, you'd be queuing up behind a fella dressed as an orc. So I've always, it's always had a special place Aww. in my heart. Uh, this thing, uh, there's a game I've had in my collection for a while called The Storymaster's Tales, made by uh, a chap called Oliver McNeil, Ollie McNeil, and it's kind of um, a choose your own adventure type card game, a little bit like the Warlock of Firetop Mountain and the Fight and Fancy games from back in the day. Uh, then Ollie started with the game. He expanded into a live interactive role-playing theatre based down in Rye, which is a cool thing. And then since everything kind of got closed down with COVID, uh, Ollie has innovated offering the adventures on video type of video chat, like Zoom video chat. Uh, he dresses up in character. He imp- improvises with the adventurers. It's interspersed with really cool video clips, the voice of Tom Baker, a.k.a. the legendary Doctor Who. And, of course, Ollie does the voiceover to change up with the characters when you're in the adventures as well. Uh, you and a group of friends basically can have a bespoke fantasy adventure. He was kind enough to invite uh, Brian, Jess and I to partake in an adventure called The Dark Tower over video chat. It's an amazing thing. This is what happened. Are you all ready? <laughs> yes, we're ready, we're ready. We're ready. Yeah. Well, you all seem to be horribly stuck down in some kind of jail cell. I'm talking to you, thief. Now, I can imagine why you're here, but um, the rest of you, I'm not entirely sure. But I can see you through my palantir. So I am going to do my absolute best to bring you to my vision, your astral bodies. We forced out your physical bodies just so that we can have a little chat and work out the best way to retrieve you from your current dilemma. Now, can you tell me a little bit about yourselves? Uh, well, actually, let's just start with Brian. Let's start with Mercutio the Thief. Tell us Yeah, about so this. hi, I'm Mercutio the Thief. Um, do you know the... each other? Uh, we we do. We've crossed paths in the past. I've stole. I've I've, uh, I've he's fenced stuff for me. Smuggler. Yeah. He's fenced stuff for me. Uh, yeah, I'm just a sort of lo- uh, thief looking for other like-minded thieves to meet up and do other thievy things. Uh, yeah, I like to steal big items like carts, oxes, stuff like that. You know, Goodness stuff with a high resale value. The big league, then. Now, I, I take it you must be from Threatlaw Town, a uh, little fishing port here, um, which has, uh, well, I, I believe three or four various gangs. Are you part of a gang? I'm actually the leader of a uh, gang, yeah. We're called the Street Toughs. Oh, yeah. The Street yeah. Toughs. Street Toughs, hence the haircut. Yeah, and we just oh, sort yeah. of go around uh, threatening people. 
uh, doing protection rackets, uh, just your general sort of mean, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, just your general street tough stuff, you know. Oh yeah. Okay, fine. And then you, Bush. What about you? Well, yeah, I'm Bushra, I'm the smuggler. I um I sell the stuff that uh, Mercutio steals, so shiny objects, um, anything oxes. with this. What? Oxes. Yeah, oxes. We get on. We've got into livestock recently uh, as well, which has done brilliantly for us. So, uh, and that is whether we just go out and sell it in pubs, out of bin bags, or sorry, um, sorry, you, bags. Sell, you sell oxes in in taverns. Yeah, we go we go tavern to tavern. Yeah, we, we do. Still in order. Do a meat uh, raffle. Going well, so we chop, it? chop the oxen off, chop the oxen up, sell them as a meat raffle in in yeah. the taverns. Uh, do a great trade. Do a great trade. Absolutely fantastic. Well, I'm, I'm so sorry if you and you've ended up with these two, have you, um, uh, young witch? Yes. Yeah, I'm Gem the I'm Gem the witch, but I'm like a bit of a I'm a good witch, you know. Oh, I kind of I this is why I don't really know these two. I don't really associate with them that much because I'm a good witch. I do good things. I help people. I cast spells on bad people. Yeah. You know, marvelous. You're the kind of person we want. Now, you might have um, possibly caught our eye because, well, you've got something special that you could use to help maybe these two get out and maybe find a, a better pathway in life. Now, you're in front of me at the moment as astral spirits, and I am going to have to send you back into your physical bodies, which are somewhere, I believe, in a very dark place. Now, it is for you to work together, to work out how to get out and, uh, well, ask questions, um, use your ingenuity and uh, maybe a little bit of fast talking. Now, let's see where you are, shall we? The walls are made of rough-hewn dark rock. Rotten, stagnant straw lies on the ground. And on the far side, the bars of the jail seem very rusted and old. As far as you can tell, it is empty. Well, of course, you have been down there for a little while. Um, have, have you been there for a, a two or three days, or have you just arrived in this jail cell? Well, I've actually been in this jail cell many, many times, actually, because at being a thief, I'm in and out of these cells, so I know them at the back of my hand. Uh, I reckon straight off, lads, let's try and see if we can force the gates, because they're rusty. Mm, Let's yeah. try and force okay. the gates off the rusty back door. Okay. Well, okay, you can certainly have a go, and I'm afraid they're incredibly tough. Oh. This oh. Is a, although a lot of jails do look very similar, we don't believe we've been in this particular one. As you check your pockets, you find that you have nothing that you'd normally have your picks and so forth. Even your wand gem is missing. Oh. Thinking back at it, can't really remember how you even got here. You just kind of woke it up. You presumed possibly from a drunken slumber. Jim, <laughs> right, try up. try some Reiki healing. Can you I'm heal not doing it? Reiki healing yet. We'll do that later when you inevitably Sorry. get killed and I have to save you. So there you go. The Dark Tower. How good was that? What an amazing night we had doing the adventure with Ollie. Oh, I just absolutely loved it. And do you know what I felt through it? Like, being in lockdown and stuff, I don't get really exciting things happen to me. I don't really feel highs and lows of emotions. It's just a constant 
medium emotion. But I was actually excited. Um, Ollie does like loads of improvisation and like has a bit of a laugh with you as well. I just thought it was so much fun. Do you know what I can't wait for to go down to his theatre yes. and do it in real life because the amount of fun that I had on that Zoom, like it's going to be so much more fun in the theatre. Yeah, no, I I really really enjoyed it. I you know me, I don't really enjoy much many things. Uh, I sort of I like I I do you know what I enjoy I enjoy being miserable. I enjoy being miserable all the time. And going into it, I thought, oh, this will be all right. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. And I'm I'm surprised about how much I got into it. It was a lot of fun. And I I sort of had a look on the um his website afterwards, and I didn't realise that he also does stuff for kids as well. And my kids would absolutely love it. So yeah, I'm either yeah. gonna I'm gonna see how long lockdown lasts, and I might either book a session with me and the kids, or or I'll, I, yeah, like Jess says, I might go down there. He's a lovely bloke as well. It was a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Liked it. A lot of fun. Yeah, it was a lovely chat. Really uh, he defrocked afterwards and we had a quick chat with Ollie about what he's been up to down at that theatre in Ryan. This is what he said. Thank you so much, Ollie. That was fantastic. What is, what is your background then, my friend? You, have you got a background in theatre or what's the story behind this, the Story Master's Tales? I've got a background in, in LARPing, uh, game design and theatre. So they all, they've all come off the back of each other. So when I was, if you want to go right back to sort of th- over 30 years, um, I, I was the kind of guy that had the uh, fighting fantasy books or a Livingstone's bits and pieces. And I, I drew all the, uh, the illustrations on my bedroom walls. And then when I started reading the fighting fantasy books, um, I went down to one of my local shops and someone had put this thing about live role playing in it. And it really yeah. fascinated me. And I, I loved it. And the whole thing, this, kind of melding at about 15 i started making my masks costumes oh. writing stories go out in the woodlands get all my mates to, to play all the characters and and it just obsessed me and and i ended up working in theater um and then i became a game designer and then i opened my own theater and it's always been my my plan to get everyone laughing in some way so when you when you do this, so this is this is a thing you would do physically normally. Have you only just started doing the Zoom stuff because of the COVID thing, or were you doing it before? No, it is because of COVID. Right, and how have you found it? Uh, they've adapted pretty well, actually. Yeah, um, because they've never been about combat. Um, when we do the live shows, it, we have spells, so they, they, you know, we give the kids you know, and and they're all age groups. We have like kids as young as six going up to 80-year-olds. We've had 80-year-olds fighting plague beasts, kids doing <laughs> amazing rituals. And, and, and they're all, you know, they don't have to know any rules and they don't have to know any all this stuff. Um, and when COVID struck, I went, okay, well, let's see how much I can shoot down here, stitch together, because I'm also a photographer and videographer as well. That's my other skill, fancy photographer. Um, and, um, and see if I can put it out to people. And... It, it did work, and we've been doing it all, since last year. But it's only since November that I've changed it and just totally focused onto adults. Yeah, um, and that's when it started to take off. That's when it's really changed because the the biggest part of it is people finding a character, really role playing, and creating a community. And that, that's the exciting part. Because because we've looked a little bit at um, storytelling games and stuff before on the podcast, and I feel like people are more willing to create stories together now than they they were previously do, have, you, have you sensed that the people are a bit more open to 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 role playing a little bit i mean you, you call it a live action role playing but do you think people are more willing these days now to to, to jump in and get involved because it's quite difficult to get people to make that jump isn't it sometimes and that, that, that's um, yeah absolutely I mean, that's one thing I, i've been trying to do with my games because i've got the story masters games so i think you're you've played as well andy um 
They're brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Designed to have very few rules and be immediately accessible. And I, I've through that, I've had so many people getting into role-playing um, because they've been scared off by the rules. That's the bit I love the most about about this kind of, not just the hobby, but this style of thing, is that it's one thing being kind of a passive consumer or recipient of, of fantasy, say you watch Lord of the Rings or whatever. But what I love about what you're doing and what games do and what adventure books do is that you can have your say in that adventure and that story and write your own stories as well which is which is what makes it so great and you know well this was so much fun this evening that we will we'll remember this won't we guys this was fantastic i loved it It was great i hope we weren't too off-putting um i don't know because i don't know i don't know how much of a of a um background you need to know before you do that do these things but i'm assuming you probably know how to sort of guide people on the right path when they're sort of straying from it this is kind of like a standalone quest so it's like an introduction so you kind of get to know the world and uh yeah i, I can guide them and then if they re-enjoy it then then go into the ongoing quest it's it's a whole different ball game because then we work on their character uh i say you can do this oh. this um and then they'll develop it and also ideas that they'll come up with are, are right into the story oh right great so it, it really feels like it's a, it's a community game. Uh, but then they see the visuals and I'll go out and on location. I've got um, round houses and stone circles I can shoot and loads of costumes and characters. And they feel, oh, my God, they've done this because of this. Wow. Because I did that as a character. Oh. Now it's been made and shot and filmed and voice wow. acted. Um, so everyone feels quite proud of it. Um, when do you think you're going to be able to get back to doing stuff in the theatre then? It, that's a good question. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a parlour theatre. So for me, it's going to be different to uh, somewhere like, you know, National Theatre, where they can space people out. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Of course, yeah. Interactive parlour theatre, you know, in itself, you've got to pick up props, you've got to share them, you've got to be this close. Oh, yeah. So I, I, I think it's going to be a very long time till we're back to normal. So people listening to this right now, uh, what what kind of things can they get that you've created so far then, Ollie? Because I've got the Story Master's Tales, which is a fantastic, it kind of channels the uh, fighting fantasy books that I grew up on, same as you did, but with, with kind of a low rules overhead. So that it's my, my eldest daughter was absolutely transfixed by it when we were playing it the other night. She loved it. It's a great kind of basis for putting some cards on a table. You can take it with you. It's really portable. And, and playing an adventure game book as a group. So what kind of things, uh, if people wanted to get involved, involved and, and do what we've done this evening and play your games uh what do they need to do well they can go along the website which is um the story masters sorry storymasterstales.com uh or just look it up because we're, we're everywhere now uh we've got the the various different games which again they're designed for families and and for couples and, and you can play them over zoom as well that's good um and we've got the weirding wood we've got uh Dragony dungeon we've got a couple of expansions we've got another one called towers um, and, and I suppose that I've kind of geared it towards very much the family role-playing market. And there, I don't think that's a big market. There's not many games that you get. There's, there's kids' versions, and then there's the adult stuff, but there's not everyone that's going to bring everyone together. You, you yeah. can the kids and or you can play it as, as grown-ups as well. Um, I've also got the Hotel Lovecroft one as well, um, which is a, a weird horror piece, um, which is... You haven't got that one yet, have you? No, I haven't got that one yet. This is HP Lovecraft world of stuff, yeah? Yeah, it, it, it's very dark. Very dark. I wrote that last year during the lockdown, and it was a hard thing to write with. It was sunny outside, <laughs> and you're having so much <laughs> uh, 
but that that's the, the game book you can actually get that on Amazon now. Um, Brilliant. Trying to get these out, you know, to everyone. Um, but the the role playing games you have to search that. Go on, go on the website, do a standalone. If you enjoy it, then you can join the ongoing quests. Um, because we can only take so many people. We tend to about hundred is our maximum at the moment. Oh wow! Um, and then once we've got that group, because each quest we do only have about sort of twelve players. Um, yeah. So about hundred is is a perfect number. And then we probably won't be taking any more. So if you're interested, it sounds like your cup of tea. Uh, come and join in. And we we have loads of people who've never done it, never done LARPing, never even done role playing. They might have done a bit of acting, um, but they found it's it's really inclusive, great group, and a lot of fun. You don't have to have any costume, put a hood on change your background and you're ready to go fantastic well we've had so much fun it's been awesome to chat to you as well so ollie thank you so much yeah pleasure pleasure huge thank you to ollie mcneil and the team at the story masters tales get the game it's fantastic really portable you can take it with you when you're going finally allowed to go and travel somewhere and do something which is brilliant and also book in for an adventure now and we'll put all the details on our instagram at board game thing right it's time for the pitch where you guys get to pitch to us ideas for the board games of tomorrow uh, we've got one on email before we go to one on voice notes so jess who's who's got in touch on email and what's their board game idea Okay, so the picture's from Johnny. He says, Evening all, been speaking to people all week about a board game idea. It's a board game about police and different types of officers trying to get food throughout their shifts. There would be a different character to choose from, like a response cop, traffic cop, um, PCSO, um, and then like people who drive the helicopters, etc. Each one has to try and get their fast food venue of choice before the end of their shift. On the way to get their food, each character will get diverted to different types of jobs by the radio, which happens in reality. Dependent on the job is dependent upon how much time it will take, e.g. big crash on the motorway, be delayed for six hours. Or a PCSO has a cup of tea with an old lady, delayed for two weeks. <laughs> you have a timeline to be fed by the end of the shift or go home miserable and have to eat your spouse's cooking. Open to feedback, work in progress. Cheers, I feel like Johnny. There's a lot of like um, axe to grind behind that. Do you know what I mean? Like he's either mm. involved in the, the world of the police or he doesn't like his other half's cooking. There's something going on. There's something in the backdrop of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I just uh, drop at this point a really good, if you want a good dad joke, good solid dad joke, uh, which is related to this game is anytime you see a speeding police car with the blues and twos on just turn to the left or whoever's in the car with you or the right if you're in the passenger seat uh, and just go they're doing baked beans on toast at the canteen this afternoon <laughs> always a good one always a good one <laughs> i'm sure you'll love that uh here is a board game pitch which has been sent into us by listener mark have a listen to this guys My idea, and I use that term very loosely, is a board game where you get to play as a refuge collector. You could call it, how can you refuge? Or get in the bin, or maybe more appropriately, a load of rubbish. The name in the game is to go around the board and complete a street. First back to the depot after completing the street wins. Each house has an action card, for example, stop at Mrs. Miggins and her green bin full of recycling has blown over. Miss a go whilst you chase all the empty bottles down the road. Stop at number 23 and Mr. Turnbull has left a Christmas tip, therefore gain an extra go. Stop at 90A and the foxes have been through the bins. Miss a go. And then there's the cul-de-sac, where you have to throw a six to reverse out of. It's not unlike Monopoly, you could say it's a rubbish version. But it's a game for all ages and hours of fun for all you wannabe refuge collectors out there. So thanks and enjoy. I like that. I like that people are, he's clearly involved in that line of work. So he's trying to make a board game out of that. It's a I rubbish love version that. of Monopoly. 
That's yeah. a brilliant idea for a game. I think there's legs in that. I would uh, suggest some other action cards where the uh, person in the house comes out, engages in small talk, and tries yeah. to get them to take an item they're not supposed to take. Any chance you could uh, put this <laughs> put this yeah. T- TV yeah. stand in for uh, five quid? Any chance, any chance? What about what about um, if they roll a one accidentally? They take off all the wing mirrors of all the cars on the streets as well, but just keep going. Yeah, then you get complaints to your yeah. boss. Um, also, I think that's the best one we've had. I, I genuinely, I think that's absolutely amazing. Another another um, card we can put in there, at our new place, I'm not so new anymore, we have to actually wheel our bins out and like put them put them near our path, otherwise they don't get taken. I agree. So proximity. Proximity, proximity well, that, card. That's, yeah, pe- that's pe- fair pe- enough. I would you expect to come into your house and just tie the bin bag up for you to take oh, it no, out? no, no. No, as in our bins, they're like put up against a wall, but they you have to drag them to the path so they don't have to like right. come into your. Maybe, maybe there's a card as well uh, that um, people people I don't know if people do this near where you are. Put their bin bags out the night before, like that's going to be fine for the morning. Do you know what I mean? And they get savaged by foxes and and food goes everywhere. Yeah. Oh maybe yeah. Maybe there's, there's a card that does that. That's very huh? annoying. Well, there's some amendments there for Mark's game, but we, on the whole, we like that. Thank you very much. Nice one, uh, he's won himself a Zatu dice tray. Which is Wicked. an amazing thing. Thanks for coming on, Mark. We appreciate it. If you want to get your suggestion in, you can email us at podcast.zatu.co.uk or you can uh, go via the Instagram at boardgamething. Uh, thank you to everyone who's got involved with the show this week. You can buy all the games that we've been talking about uh, via Zatu's website right now. Have a little look at them. Uh, big thank you to producer Ross, Jess and Brian. Thank you very much. Brian, you have some homework for next week and that is to watch Married at First Sight Australia. This has been Bush's Board Game Thing. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you.